0: Hey everyone, before we get into the episode, just a quick announcement that the Back in My Play Patreon has launched at patreon.com slash back in my play. There you can become a supporter of the show on a per episode basis and help keep it going strong into the future. So you've seen the body of work over fifty episodes of the podcast in over a year, and really what I'm trying to do is help that content stay consistent in terms of the work that goes into it, web hosting, things like that, and help it evolve by adding more video content and doing some stuff on site, like going to conventions and potentially doing some more stuff out in Japan where you can see what the culture is like in terms of retro games all throughout the world. So please go to patreon.com slash play and become a supporter if you enjoy the show. Just a dollar can help keep the show going strong and make sure I can almost make it like a job and keep it so you guys are getting episodes on a consistent basis because you only contribute if we put out an episode. So again, patreon.com slash back in my play. Thank you so much for all your support in the past and in the future. Back in my play, this is episode number 36. For this episode, we're going to be talking about Mighty Final Fight on the Nintendo Entertainment System and also the beautiful Japanese Famicom, potentially the twin Famicom if you have one of those awesome sharp consoles in case you want to play those disc games as well. I am Kevin Larrabee, and uh, Josh is not here this week, he had uh, a child emergency. Um, yeah, so a sick child. So our thoughts go out to, to Josh and his daughter, who is uh, a little sick right now. But uh, we still have Phil Theobald from the Player One podcast, Points of Articulation. Am I saying that right? Art- articulation. Articulation. I always but. have problems when I can't hear my own voice <laughs> when I'm talking.
1: <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes.
0: But uh, Phil, welcome back to the show. Thank
1: you very much. It's lovely to be here. I hope, I hope that I can live up to the high standards set by josh but uh we'll see what i can do
0: well you would have had to brought something like i got in a fight on the street today (laughs) i would have never noticed that i could compete but i had a mighty final i don't know like i can't even do it i can't even do it on the spot but um yeah like i said josh josh is not here but we're going to be talking about uh a beat-em-up, which makes sense with two people, except this game is single-player. And uh, you're, this, is, this is the game that Capcom made for the people out there that did not have friends but still wanted to feel like they were maximizing that experience of the beat-em-up. And uh, yeah, this is going to be a great game to talk about. And even on the last episode that we had you on, which was Mega Man 3, uh, another Capcom uh, classic oh, on yeah. that console. Uh, lots of great crossover between these two games uh, mm-hmm. that we can talk about in a little bit. And uh, I will mention before we get into the first segment, our first thing, uh, the first thing that we were going to do was Mighty Final <laughs> Fight and Final Fight 2 because they came out in the same year, of 1993, which if you think about it, that's pretty nuts being a 1993 Nintendo uh, NES oh, yeah. game. Um But I started playing Final Fight Two, and Mm -hmm. I did the the right thing. I brought a buddy over. We were playing two player. Yeah, and that game sucks. (laughs) That game, like I love being positive on this podcast, but do not buy that game. And I just, yeah, I, I I think the first Final Fight is okay. um, Mm -hmm. But I thought people gave me a lot of crap because I thought they thought I was too pro Streets of Rage when it was uh, in that battle, but. I think Final Fight 2 is the most uninspiring. Like, they got at Capcom, they basically said, all right, Final Fight sold a million copies. Uh, You three guys over there in the corner that, uh, you know, are always depressed and you have no imagination, (laughs) you are going to be the ones that are going to make Final Fight 2 because the people that love video games and, you know, love... Like, we're going to talk about producers on this game people that make the best Capcom games. We're actually going to put you on this Famicom NES game because there's <laughs> 80 million consoles out there. Maybe we'll yeah. sell a little bit more uh, of these. But yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I did my best. We got through three stages. I'm like, is it, it? Like, my buddy Eric was over. I'm like, Eric, is it me or is this? This isn't fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is no fun. <laughs> but um, You're right. You're absolutely right. So, I, well, I don't even know what the reception for that game is because I just had it because I picked it up on one of my trips to Japan.
1: Oh, OK. Hopefully you paid like 100 yen for it or something. I think it was like five bucks. OK. Well, that, uh, that's still cheaper than buying it on virtual console, I suppose. But of that's course. about it. Of course. But uh, you know what, though? I'm 100 I'm percent behind you on the whole Streets of Rage final fight thing i honestly even back back in my play was uh, was never really into the final fight games i just always thought they were pretty boring compared to the you know streets of rage or uh, the konami stuff mm-hmm. so
0: this is this is specifically what I wrote down, and we we're going to talk about Mighty Final Fight, but I think we just need to address this because I announced like yeah. on Twitter, oh yeah, next episode is Final <laughs> Fight Two and Mighty Final Fight, um, but I specifically wrote down music is forgettable and borderline annoying, boring graphics and environment, <laughs> friendly fire, so actually you can't even turn it off. Where if you're playing with oh, a buddy, you can yeah. hit each other. Oh, lovely. So you can't. You have to like basically say. All right, Phil. You're going to take the left side. I'm going to take the right side. But you know, there's always going to be some crossover, and then you end up hitting each other and right. you hurt each other physically. Um, I said, uh, like it was cool. There's Street Fighter characters in the background. You see Chung Li eating some like ramen or something. Yeah. Um, then they actually between stages one and three, they actually use the same exact song. Mm-hmm. Uh and then we stopped playing <laughs> after stage three, like yeah, let's play some wind jammers, so we played an hour of wind jammers and then just got you know mentally and physically exhausted
1: that's funny uh,
0: so, so that that is why we are talking specifically about Mighty Final Fight and then we're also going to finish with a conversation about um, like the chibi style games in general and uh, I know Phil you brought up a, a great idea of just talking about this this like trend of yeah really fun not super hard games that came out on you know that Famicom era uh, that had a lot of the same uh, you know trends and, and systems and things like that oh yeah all
1: right. it's uh it's it's a neat little subgenre that I was always kind of interested in just because of the sort of cartooniness of it so
0: cool. Uh, well, we're gonna take a quick break. then we're gonna be right back with the history of Mighty Final Fight and you are in for a treat because this game has an amazing soundtrack so stick around listen to some of that music right now. game came out in 1993. It was released in Japan first on June 11th, and then in July in North America. And Mm. then uh, I looked at it. This is coming soon to the 3DS Virtual Console, at least that, like, it's been announced. Yeah. But it's not out in in North America. It is out on the 3DS Virtual Console in Japan. So it's another one of those cases where they get the good stuff first, and we just need to wait. (laughs) Of course. But maybe they'll do, like, last week or a couple weeks ago, they just, like, released... Uh, Super Mario Kart, like randomly. No, yeah, that's true. So maybe they'll do. Maybe they'll hear this. Um, Yeah, Bill, Bill Trennan. uh, I know. You know, we're always saying that you listen to this show, even though you don't. uh, But but I'm following you on Twitter. If you're listening to this, maybe you want to just like, you know put an elbow into the virtual console guy and say, uh, you know, mighty final fight. There's uh, some guys talked about it this week on a (laughs) a somewhat popular retro game podcast. It might actually get some extra sales because of that. So yeah, uh, take a look. might be up there. Uh, it was developed and published by Capcom and, uh, just some development history stuff. Uh, let's, I'm going to focus on the composers real quick, and I'm never good at like giving out composers' names, so I'm going to do my best. Uh, Setsu uh, Yamamoto and Yuko uh, Takahara. I'm going to go with that. Yeah, Takahara. Great. Um, Yeah. Yeah, my Nihongo ga is a little rusty, so (laughs) uh, I apologize for that. But here's the deal the 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 head of this um, the head of this game the the producer was uh, Tukoro uh Fujiwara, Fujiwara, um which is big because listen to this. Listen to some yeah. of the games that he's worked on as a producer. But Should, I, I, I bet they're not very good. Oh this is if you think Capcom this is uh, a <laughs> uh, okay Let's. Let's get into this. Golden and Ghosts, Mega Man 2, mm. Strider, oh. Sweet Home. That's uh, you know for people out there that like repros and translations in English. Uh, right. Willow on the NES, Mega Man 3, DuckTales, Gargoyle's Quest, Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, Street Fighter 2010. All right, that might be something that people like. Um, <laughs> Super Golden and Ghosts, Mega Man 4, Little Nemo the Dream Master as an executive oh, producer. Uh, Whoa. Uh, Mega Man Dr. Wily's Revenge on the Game Boy, Tailspin, Darkwing Duck, Gargoyle's Quest 2, Magical Quest, uh, starring Mickey Mouse, Adventures in Magic uh, in the Magic Kingdom, which I think is a pretty good game. Like that's we got that randomly. My sister got that. Um... Final Fight 2. I don't know what he was doing on that, but maybe they just needed to attach him to it. Um, yeah. Mega Man 3 on the Game Boy, Mega Man 6, Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers 2, Mega Man X, Mega Man Soccer, Mega Man 4 on the Game Boy, Demon's Crest. This guy was Man. on like the best Capcom games that they were making at the time. Oh, yeah. And he was like on a lot of the stuff. He was director or executive producer. Like He was... He was doing some stuff that, uh, or at least he was involved in games that were fantastic. Uh, and then he was even all the way up to, uh, I guess it, it's somewhat you know old now, but Mad World. Uh, he was a mm. uh, consultant on Bionic Commando Rearms. He did the original game design for Mad World. Uh, Ultimate Ghouls and Ghosts, for, he was a director on that, which if you have a oh, PSP, oh. that game is nuts. Um, yep. And then, of course, uh, *Tumba* and *Tumba 2, which... Ah. Again, these are like, I'm just like uh, going down a list of classic Capcom games. Oh, yeah. And uh, this is why, like, this is a huge standout and a weird game for those of us in the United States that, like, I never played this game because it's 1993. I was like, only poor people have NESs. I have a Super Nintendo. I'm going to buy just Super Nintendo games, all three of them that I had. (laughs) Uh, But I just, just to give you some perspective, like, this guy was doing some great work um and like we mentioned before it has a very specific uh chibi like super deformed style to it kind of like uh what you would see i you can say like river city ransom like all those uh like technos games kind of had a similar similar look to it um if you want to think like super puzzle fighter uh in later games but oh yeah basically like miniature versions of characters with you know great detail and um Basically, they were like shrunk down, a little fat, you know, short, fat characters. <laughs> um, and with that, the, uh, the story for Mighty Final Fight is presented in a more comical fashion compared to the original game, uh, due to its satirical nature. For example, for example, uh, Belger's uh, motive for kidnapping Jessica in this version is to force her into marrying him, having become infatuated with her. So this is like some Saturday morning cartoon like uh, Captain N-type stuff. Uh, <laughs> the, the game introduces a leveling system in which the player gains experience points, is, experience points by defeating enemies. Uh, the number of experience points awarded after defeating an enemy is dependent on the finishing move. So you have these combos, but if you use a special finishing move, you actually get more XP when you kill someone. You also uh, get extra abilities once you level up. And, uh, I'll give this away, uh, now with the leveling, leveling system, you can go all the way up to level five. But if you start with Hagger, you start at level three, whereas Cody and guy, you start as level one. Uh, but those guys are a little bit faster and you're kind of trading off abilities based on strength and, and health and mobility. But if you start with Hagger and you die and then you continue and you select either Cody or Guy instead, you automatically start at level three instead of level one. So Hmm. pro tip if you're having trouble uh, with that. And, uh, the game is five stages long, uh, it comes with two bonus rounds and, uh, towards the end, uh, you get to get the basic, uh, you know, common retro game experience of, uh, fighting a bunch of bosses again. So it is, uh, it is, it is a setup of a crazy, crazy game, uh, that was late in the NES era and, uh. I can't believe it came out. For some reason, they decided to do it, but hopefully... I think it's just... It must have been like a passion project or something like that. It feels like
1: that. Yeah. It's it's weird how much more involved of a game it is than, let's say, Final Fight 2. Mm-hmm. That was the same year, just in terms of all the leveling up and added moves and things like that. Just a deeper game.
0: Yeah. it's yeah. Uh, it's It's totally worth checking out, and hopefully... Uh, since it is, if you're in the United States, it's going to be upwards of $80 to $100 to get it on the NES uh, wow. card only. Yeah, it's super expensive right now. And uh, I have a Famicom version, which I think I got for like $15 uh, last time I was in Japan. So mm. it might be worth getting the Famicom version and either like you could literally buy that and a Famicom for less than it would cost <laughs> you to get the NES version <laughs> and get a ship from Japan or uh, just get one of those... Uh, 72 to 60 pin adapter things. Mm, yeah. And uh, you can always play your Famicom games on your NES. But uh that's it for the history and information about that game. We're gonna take a break and then we're gonna go back to nineteen ninety-three and figure out what we were doing at the time and uh if this even came up on our radar. So stick around. Here's even more fantastic music from Mighty Final Fight. Yeah, yeah. made it back to 1993 and you have to keep in mind at this time we we are in like the second year of the super nintendo the sega genesis (laughs) is like already thinking about putting cd attachments on and uh (laughs) like 32x's and like all this other life support and capcom they're in their offices in like kyoto thinking yeah uh oh know maybe we should do another uh final fight on but for n e s like how they, I, that that's my if you ever that's that's my console wars joke for this week if you listen to the audiobook of console wars the japanese yeah. like the japanese impression is horrible oh,
1: <laughs> sorry that's...
0: the book is fantastic though um, <laughs> but that's the only thing i know anyways uh for for again that time to to I, this isn't the only example. Like Capcom also put Street Fighter on the NES in the form of Street Fighter 2010 uh, yeah. with Ken, but probably with less success than they did with Mighty Final Fight. So I, I want to ask you, Phil, w- yeah. did you even like consider picking this up? I don't even remember seeing it in like Nintendo Power because at that point it was <laughs> all I want to see, I see the new Super Nintendo games.
1: Exactly. I mean, at that point, you know, we were seeing stuff for, uh, like, uh, well, the SNES Street Fighter 2. When did, when did that come out?
0: That was 92. That was like summer 92. Okay. So that had already been out, uh,
1: like Link to the Past. Already was probably already out. So yeah, I mean, I still had my NES hooked up, Mm -hmm. um, I still played it excessively, but, you know, I was in high school. I only had so much money from my part-time job, so, uh, you know, money had to go to the SNES games. Um, The only NES game that I even really noticed at all was uh, Mega Man 6, which... Actually, that came out in '93 in Japan as well. Uh, we didn't. We didn't get Mega Man Six in the U.S. until '94. Wow! If you can imagine that, and uh, uh, Capcom didn't even publish that. Nintendo released. No a, way! A, yeah,
0: I. I yeah. My only memory of that is seeing it on clearance at KB Toys for ten bucks. Oh, Brand Oh man! And I totally didn't buy it because I like I was still in the mindset of it was like that. I, you know what? I ended up buying a copy of. Ultimate stunt man, when I was sick <laughs> with a sinus infection, like I remember getting they were clearancing all their NES stuff and this is one of those memories where you're like, Oh God I've, I only like had any foresight for what I was going to want to own. Yeah. Uh, they were clearing all the NES stuff out. So I got a game genie and I got a copy of ultimate Stuntman, which was an unlicensed unlicensed yeah. It was like a gold cart, unlicensed NES game. And I think I got both those for like $5 total. Like it was literally just like two <laughs> bucks, three bucks for these Man. box, like brand new NES games. And I just did it because I like was waiting to get a prescription filled at the CBS next door because I was sick as a f four year old. I must have been, I don't know, eight years old, not seven years old at the time.
1: Oh man, that's it's a bummer. And, and 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 here I am. Oh yeah, I was you know, it was senior year of high school.
0: Oh man. It's alright. You've accomplished a lot more than I have. I have not published anything in Nintendo Power yet.
1: Yeah, that's good. Well, good luck with that now. Yeah.
0: Well, e- EGM came back, right? That's true. If EGM can come back, you know never anything's possible. Ever say never? That thing's still creeping along the earth. I know,
1: but um, yeah. I mean, so like I said, at at that point, you know, the, and the only reason I noticed the uh, Mega Man Six is just because I was a big Mega Man junkie, even back in in those days. So, <laughs> yeah, Mighty Final Fight comes out, and you know, as uh. As I was saying that, uh, you know, I was never a big Final Fight guy. Hmm? See what I did there? Final Fight
0: guy. Yeah, it was a Blockbuster super, exclusive. Super. Look at you! I, I have all this useless crap in my head, man. It's there just so go. terrible.
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I I really paid no mind to it at, at uh, when it first came out. I did end up... Uh, picking it up a few years later, when I started my my NES collection in earnest, mm-hmm. uh, luckily, see, I I was very lucky when I started collecting NES games because it was really before people started caring about retro games. Really, mm-hmm. you know, Funko Land still existed and they were still selling games for cheap, so I probably paid. 10 bucks or so for my copy of mighty final fight nice yeah i mean you know cart only but but still so uh yeah but i i played through it later on and was kind of surprised at how good it was
0: it's the best final fight game it is like yeah
1: no no you're right i i was actually kind of running through all of them no you it, it is it, it definitely is,
0: and I. This is coming from a guy that owns all three on the the Super Famicom, and I even threw in Final Fight three to just see like, is this is this just a like a it's it's just like a boring franchise for me personally, just compared to the the beautiful Streets of Rage one and two and the Japanese version of three.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's weird how much better the Streets of Rage games look. Even with the like smaller sprites and more limited colors, but they're just uh, they're just better put together.
0: It's more games. appealing to me visually, just with like oh, the, sure. the, the 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 neon signs mm-hmm. and like the club scenes and, and things like that. And I just felt like it, the. Super Nintendo is way more capable than the Genesis. Sorry, Greg, it is. But the the, <laughs> the colors that were used in this like Final Fight games, they just didn't pop out to me like they did. No. Uh, like it didn't have that contrast like the the Genesis uh, Streets of Rage series did.
1: Yeah, I, I especially noticed that when I played through. I think I got about as as far into two as you did, mm-hmm. and it's just it's a drab, dull, washed out looking game.
0: Yeah,
1: you uh, know so. Um, and, and again, just kind of, uh, when talking about how deeper the gameplay is in Mighty Final Fight, you know, obviously this game has, has heavy graphical limitations being on the NES, you know, there, uh, there's tons of sprite flicker mm-hmm. in Mighty Final Fight, but, um, like the character sprites, for the the main characters and all the enemies, just a lot of like just really nice sprite work, lots of personality, lots of cute little animations tossed in there. I mean, it's it, this is a more interesting game to look at than Final Fight Two.
0: Yeah, it, it is. There's Final Fight. The original Final Fight came out in the arcades, and mm. there may be a reason why Final Fight Two and Three never made it. Um, And it wasn't because the arcades were dying. They weren't dying in 93 and 94, um, especially in Japan. It may have just been because, you know, it wasn't up to the the quality that they needed it to be to be a coin-op game where it could suck in some quarters. Yeah. I just felt like, oh, it's just, it was was such a bummer because I, I was holding on to this game because I know I wanted to at least follow up to it because last time... We did uh, Final Fight and Streets of Rage 2. And I got a lot of feedback from people saying, you gotta, you know, you gotta play Final Fight 2. But it's not fair that you played the second <laughs> Streets of Rage game instead of, uh, it, you know, going up against Final Fight. I'm like, well, they kind of came out the same year. So yeah. uh, I, I thought it would be okay. And I even went and played some streets of rage last night and that game mm-hmm. is fantastic. Like that. Yeah. Game, I love <laughs> streets of rage one and two and the yeah. three is weird. Um, but there's still, uh, the, some combat, there's some interesting additions to the mechanics of the, the, you know, the, the play style and the gameplay and stuff like that. So, um, but this isn't, isn't about streets of rage. It's about mighty final fight. And we're, <laughs> we're in 1993. So, um, so you enjoyed it in 93 and, uh, just in terms, I'm just curious. Like in terms of like late NES stuff, was there anything else that you that you picked up when it was still in the in the stores besides Mega Man Six? Mega Man Six certainly. Um, now, when did
1: I, I, you know? It was. I'm pretty sure the SNES was out at this point. Uh, the third Ninja Turtles game. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 The Manhattan Project
0: Oh, it's fantastic, yeah, that was 92
1: Yeah, that was 92, okay yeah. So that was, you know, the SNES had been out at that point and yeah, I, I remember I because I was working at uh, Babbage's back at that point um, Babbage's is what GameStop used to be sort of
0: no my 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 Babbage's turned into it went from a Babbage's to an e b games to a gamestop
1: okay yeah there's there's all sorts of like the companies buying each other and rebranding themselves and stuff like that, but
0: but it was nothing like you didn't pick up startropics two which was ninety four um uh, no. Marios time machine that classic <laughs> um and there was also uh, Tournament Fighters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters and Chippendale's yeah. 2. Like these are the games that are super hard to find now because oh yeah. Nobody nobody like Chippendale's Rescue yeah. Rangers 2 was 94 Bonks Adventure in the NES 94 yeah. which is super expensive now. Um, it's just hard to to find a lot of this yeah. stuff because no one bought it.
1: Bubble Bubble 2 was yep. another late release. Um, yeah, you know, um, you know back at that point I really was Just I had moved on to the SNES, you know. I, well, and and I'm going to come right out and say this: the Star Tropic games suck. I am not a fan. Yeah, I am not a fan. I want to like the Star Tropics games, but they're just not fun. I I just do not enjoy playing these Star Tropics games. So, uh, although I did pick up Star Tropics two on clearance at Toys R Us for probably two bucks at one point. Right. (laughs) No
0: no Kirby's Adventure either?
1: You know what, Kirby, I did. Um, I picked up Kirby's Adventure because I really enjoyed the Game Boy game. So this was a chance to play a Kirby in color. Mm -hmm. Uh, Picked up Turtles 3 just because I was big into uh, the Konami arcade Turtles games. Mm -hmm. So to have another one of those on NES, I was all for.
0: DuckTales 2. DuckTales 2 I
1: actually did not pick up in the day Same with uh, Chip and Dale 2 mm-hmm. if, Even though I loved uh, Both of the uh, the original games In those series But those just kind of fell into the Category of eh, These would be cool but
0: It's another DuckTales It's another Chip and Dale it's like the, yeah. they look similar and even with the Turtles 3 And I think that game has one of the best soundtracks, and it is pushing the crap out of the NES. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's like even, it's literally letterboxed. <laughs> so, <laughs> they so they have like as small space as possible to actually have to draw stuff in. Um, yeah. So that's that's worth checking out just for how weird it is. Um, but it is uh, a weird thing that all these great games came out right at the end of the NES when there were probably at this point, you know, five, six, seven million super nintendo sold
1: oh yeah that yeah, was uh, a weird i mean I, I can understand keeping that system going just because there were so many of them out there mm-hmm. so it it certainly makes sense to continue releasing games on there but i guess what surprises me is how good a lot of those late term games were it wasn't like Okay, we've moved all of our good development teams over to SNES projects. Mm-hmm. Let's get our B and C teams making shovelware for the NES. Yeah, you know, we we were getting some of the the best games on the system right at the end. So
0: yeah, Capcom, uh, Konami, uh, yeah, you know Hudson and and uh, Namco, they were still putting stuff out like all the way to the end. So yeah, cool system. NES yeah. is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it has a pretty good is. library. Um man, RC program too. I'm just like looking down a list of all these games that I <laughs> wish I late releases. I wish I bought. Um but, you know, I had grandparents that bought me a Super Nintendo in 91, so thank you. Yeah. God. Um
1: and again, this is where my uh deciding to collect NES games early on comes into play because all those great games you were mentioning, the, the DuckTales, Chippendale sequels, Bonk Bubble Bubble 2 and all that. I was able to get all of those for fairly cheap. You know, not but a, a couple years after their release, but before the internet said, "Hey, we should all start paying out the ass for for old NES games." So yeah, that
0: was a good time. Yeah, for for trivia, the uh, final uh, game that was released on the <clears throat> NES was, of course, Warriors Woods. Um, but for the Famicom, the last game or uh, the last official release that was not like a unlicensed game, uh, do you know this one? Uh, the last official Famicom from Hudson Soft. Oh, a sequel, Hudson Soft sequel. You know, I have no idea. It is Adventure Island 4. Really, by, uh, Takeshi Meiji no Bokuten Shima 4. Okay, I.
1: I guess I probably should have guessed that. Um yeah, we never got that over here.
0: No, no. Uh,
1: and it's apparently good.
0: Yeah, they even did a, like a I've seen this like this is pretty cheap if you ever are picking up Famicom games in Japan, but uh they even did a release of Final Fantasy 1 and 2 on the same cart uh in 94. Which oh, is wow. like super cheap like that's like three dollars it's on, on in all the junk bins now, but um, <laughs> that is how big that game was where they put one and two and for some reason not th- three on uh I guess when did i don't know when three came out anyways we're kind of rambling now we're stuck in ninety three <laughs> um, maybe this is a good point to uh, jump in our tardises since Doctor Who comes back today oh, and yes. uh, we're gonna go to two thousand and fourteen and talk about what it's like to replay Mighty Final Fight and see how it holds up and for me what it's like to play through it for the first time so stick around we'll be right back to 2014, a whole 21 years after Mighty Final Fight uh, was released, and uh, like I said, I've had this copy that I got from Japan uh, for a little bit over a year now, but I just never, I never had the the itch to play it uh, for more than a couple minutes, but now after finally playing through the game to completion, uh, I can say, like I mentioned before, easily the best Final Fight game in the series.
1: Yeah, I, you know, like I said, it it took me uh, a second just to sort of process that because I was like, well, wait, there was that fighting game for Saturn. No, that was terrible. And then there was that. That's right. What was it? The the Xbox, PS2. Uh, what was it? Oh, Final Fight. Um, Streetwise.
0: Streetwise. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and that was not great. That was that was pinned, That was terrible.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it it is. It's it's definitely the best in the series.
0: It is a clear problem uh that companies have trying to bring back these franchises whether it's Golden Axe or Streets of Rage or I guess they really haven't tried to bring Streets of Rage back but same thing with Final Fight all these beat 'em up franchises whenever they try to bring them back they're they're bad. Um Yeah. <laughs> except for Double Dragon Neon. Uh Oh which yeah, is, which is how you should do it. Yep. Uh so just uh, going through a couple of things real quick we'll start talking about it um, like I said I played it on on the Famicom but um, for for you Phil I'd love for you to start off uh, now what stood out to you when you were playing through this game and uh, what what were your thoughts?
1: The thing that really struck me was uh, well like I, I mentioned the the sprite uh, design just the the clever little animation the you know, just uh, the the kind of chibi style. Um, I was especially uh, the uh, the poison uh, sprite. Yeah. Uh, just w- whenever she attacks, she has this sort of exaggerated slap where uh, you see her hand kind of enlarge a little bit to to deliver that blow, or the just that kind of angry, pained look on her face when she <laughs> falls down and hits the ground.
0: Great amount it's, of detail.
1: Yeah, just is a it really just a surprising amount of of just kind of that anime feel yeah. to it uh for for such a a small sprite with a pretty limited color palette. Um the other thing was the the move set. Mm-hmm. You know, uh back back in the day of the NES, I like most people really enjoyed River City Ransom. Mhm. Uh Mainly because, you know, you had all the uh, upgrades and, and, you know, skill trees and everything you could go through. And this certainly isn't as deep as River City Ransom, but it does a lot of similar things just in terms of uh, giving you new moves as you level up and things like that. And and just seeing that after playing... uh, final fight two, which as we've discussed is, is pretty dull. That was, uh, the game was deeper than I remembered it being.
0: Yeah. There's a surprising amount of like, like gameplay systems in this game, uh, whether it be the the XP and the leveling up system that we talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me immediately, I, I'm going to bring it up again. Uh, the soundtrack is, yeah. I, I would say, from I've played a lot of NES games now and I've even played a lot of games that you know I didn't play back in the day that I've been playing now, whether it's for the show or just from buying stuff. And this is top tier Capcom soundtrack at, a, at, a, at its best. And um, I mean, I've listened to it a lot in the last week or so. I would put it probably up there at least in the top 20 of NES games that I've played. It mm. is just super fun like you can feel like the influences of of Mega Man like up like Mega Man all those Capcom games that you love you can kind of feel like the little Nemo and the, everything just has that like you just start off we're going to have a great time where just to compare it to Final Fight 2 it just was a drag it was just yeah. boring <laughs> uninspired music and um you know I'm sorry for uh, I didn't get to, you know, be in the office at the time at Capcom when they were putting this together. So I don't know exactly how it worked, but maybe they were just looking for a darker tone, like a more serious tone for mm-hmm. uh, Final Fight 2. But um, the the tone in this game is what I like about old video games. It is fun. It is over the top. You're, like you mentioned the character character models but right. there are times like you'll pick up weapons and it's like an oversized wooden mallet yeah. <laughs> it's like what are you going yes. to it? it's not like a sword it's not a knife you're picking no. up an oversized wooden mallet to attack your enemies with and it's just yes. it's like come on it's, it's just we're having some fun we're just beating up some dudes and we're fighting some crazy bosses yeah and uh, oh. same thing with the The level of detail, the backgrounds are interesting to look at where I felt like while there are more um, you know, graphical capabilities on the Super Nintendo, they probably looked looked better, but I just kinda I liked what they were doing with the NES or the Famicom because Like we mentioned before, they were pushing that thing to its limits and you can see the tricks that they're like, I started noticing the little tricks that they were making, whether I mean, the, the flicker is something you're going to deal with just because they're trying to do a lot at once. Um, but if you go from stage to stage, you'll see, they do like little things to differentiate, to make sure they can maximize the amount of colors that they're using. Uh, they'll use the same color for your health bar and your, um, Your XP bar and your uh, level bar, that will be the same Mm -hmm. color as the ground. Oh, Uh, So you can see they're just trying to, like, use as few colors on, like, the things you don't like. You don't need 18 colors for the ground. Right. You you don't need to see, like, individual tiles or anything like that. So they make sure that it is just a flat color, and that way the backgrounds, like, the buildings and when you're in the clubs and you're looking at the city, it's way more detailed, and they can dedicate more colors to that stuff. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's just from playing now that we're almost 50 episodes into this stuff like I feel like I'm starting to to catch little things like that but um they make the sacrifice of saying all right there's no way we can do two players um <laughs> because you probably notice like there's you're only fighting at most two people at once oh yeah how did you feel like only only playing only fighting two people at once did you feel like it was still enough action yeah i at at no point did i you know, feel like the
1: screen was empty or that I wasn't really doing anything. Um, In fact, it was kind of nice. One of the things that annoys me about these kind of uh, scrolling beat-em-ups that always feels super cheap to me is when, you know, four or five guys rush out and invariably end up on either side of you and just start juggling you back and forth between them. And if they don't give you a way to get out of that sort of situation, that's, you know, it's, it's something that gets me to turn the game off quickly. So, you know, there was never any worries about that here. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, they, they, as the game progressed, I noticed the enemies became tougher and certainly took a lot more hits to, uh, to keep down. So, yeah, the, the enemy limit didn't really bug me.
0: No, and you, you still have all your favorites, whether it be Poison or um, Andore. There's a little yeah. yeah. TV version of him. <laughs> and uh, they do, the enemies will uh, be more difficult in terms of the amount of health that they have. But uh, when you hit stage five, um, and this is just to take a step back. Like if you look at this game, like this has all the, 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 the things that you would normally see in um like a fighting game. Like I mentioned it, I did a uh, review of Phantom Breaker on the Vita and there's like, there's gotta be an elevator stage. in every yeah. beat up there's always an elevator oh, yeah. stage. And uh, in this one, you you're actually, it's a super dangerous elevator where yeah. there's <laughs> openings on both sides. So I just like jumped on and I didn't think of course like I'm like you go to the left all the way there's going to be a wall stopping you no I just fell no. right off the elevator that is a code violation no one is going to allow that i don't care what country you're in even in china that is a code violation it would not be allowed um but it allows you to do cool stuff like you know getting into a combo and then punching an enemy off the uh elevator so you don't yeah. need to completely deplete their health and even in the third stage they're you're going through a city with yeah. potholes yeah. <laughs> the, the size of a house yeah uh, with this little sliver at the top of the screen for you to like walk up and down um so it's just it's just like weird stuff like that at least they they changed it up a little bit so it wasn't just the same thing over and over again uh with, yeah. with the level layouts whether it be on the the floors or the backgrounds <laughs> um But yeah, of course you you have like your your cityscape. You have your indoor club level. You have your bar. You have your you're like inside what is almost like a castle. I I think on the third stage as well. I'm like, did I just go into Castlevania or something like that? It felt (laughs) there's torches and and things like that. Um, And uh, there's even bonus stages. What did you think of the the bonus stages? Did you think those were? Fun where it's just like they're they're dropping Barrels and you just need to punch <laughs> barrels I guess yeah I mean
1: it, it's Typical Capcom beat up slash Fighting game bonus round where you're Destroying barrels Or a car or whatever it is yeah. that Capcom loves to have Their their fighters smash uh, You know it was I was I was neither Here nor there with them um, Although it's it's worth getting good at them just cuz uh you can get a couple extra lives if you mm-hmm. get a perfect on them so yeah it was a uh i appreciated that certainly just as a way to to fill up my dudes
0: yeah if you if you knock or if you punch all those barrels uh you get two extra lives which uh can be pretty big towards uh the end of the game because it's not unlimited continues i think you get 3 credits total yeah uh, in the game which should be enough if you can just understand the the boss uh, the bosses uh, patterns and things like that. But um, a couple other things that I wanted to mention is uh, the. The selectable characters, whether it be uh, you have you have Cody, you have Hagger, and you have Guy, which Guy, like, I always have get a, I, I don't like Guy because I, well, I like yeah. him in this game, but I always, like, had a weird, like, I felt like he never fit in the game and there was always that weird thing, <laughs> like, we didn't get him in final, like, he wasn't in the original right. final fight, but you had to buy a whole different version of final <laughs> fight just to play as Guy, like, is he really yeah. worth $60 or back in that, like, back in 93? or whenever it probably came out it was a red. blockbuster exclusive here but in Japan is it worth like 8,000 yen to play as Guy but I guess <laughs> it was like they did it oh, what do you think they, did, you, did you care about Guy
1: I, 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 the, the ninja in red who hangs the, out in this yeah this tough metropolitan area yeah. yeah, he does certainly seem out of place um, yeah, the thing that strikes me is think about this. The uh, the Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. originally, when they released the first Final Fight, Capcom could only fit in two of the three characters mm-hmm. for some reason.
0: And only single player.
1: Yeah. And yeah, it's not like they were clearing up space for uh, the multiplayer. It was still a single player game. They could only get two of the three characters from the arcade in here. This NES game, has no problem fitting all three characters in there. No. Yeah.
0: Who but, knows? Uh, Who knows yeah. what it is? And of course there's uh you know less detail and at this point they had really like super fat ROM chips for the the Famicom and NES games. Like you're oh, getting yeah. gigantic uh NES games at that point. Um but for for me, I, I started with Hagar um mm-hmm. in, in the first playthrough, and then once I did you know, lose all my lives and I continued, I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to try someone else. And I tried Cody and it's like, it's a little bit better Then I, you know, lost all my lives and did another continue. And then I tried guy and guy is super fun. He is super fun to play as in this game because he's really? always he punches super fast, and hmm. uh, the reason why I probably enjoy playing him the most is that uh, a lot of the bosses and a lot of the characters towards the end of the game, it's all about who gets in that first punch and who oh, can start yeah. that combo. And he was he was so fast that hmm. uh, it, almost all the times when a boss like an enemy would come close to me, I could start a combo before they could start coming after me, and uh, that's. I mean, I don't really care about the look of him, um, and his his like special. Once you get that that fourth level, his uh, mm-hmm. special move is just like a like a super kick, um, mm. which isn't anything crazy. Where Cody does like a Hadouken, really. Uh, if you do your like for like, you get to hit forward forward twice, or like you know back back twice to to do your supers. But um, I was doing it randomly at first until I looked it up. I'm like, why am I? Started to do these super moves because it was actually messing me up as Hagger. Uh, oh, Hagger pauses yeah. for a second during his super um, before actually doing it, so I started uh, getting my ass kicked. But yeah. um, that's just uh, for, for people out there that are thinking about playing this game. Um, I would start as Hagger just to get to that automatically at the level three. Then you switch characters and then you can uh, go with someone else real quick. Yeah. What'd you think? What'd you think of the boss battles? Um, You're basically fighting the roster of WWF in 1993. (laughs) I'm dead serious. Like you, you start with Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, yeah, Uh, he's got
1: the big shades and everything.
0: No, it's it's totally Macho Man Randy Savage. (laughs) Um, And then uh, I think the second stage is like the weird Kabuki like samurai dude, right? Uh, And then the third stage, you have Jesse the Body Ventura. (laughs) <laughs> and it's and it's, it's spot dark. on to Jesse Body Ventura in ninety three. Didn't even think about that, but um, you're right,
1: aren't you? And
0: he's kissing you. When he grabs yes. you, he sucks on your face. Yes, he
1: does. And, uh, uh, Abigail? Is that the character's name, I believe?
0: Uh, I don't I don't I, have it written down, but possibly yeah. Uh,
1: I, I think the third boss was Abigail, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's uh it's weird, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but they it's just more that game's kind of goofy sense of humor. Because oh, so good. what's what's funnier than a little gay panic, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, just like having a really jacked dude suck on your face, really suck the life out of your face. Yeah, literally. Uh, so A little bit of vampire. Maybe it was the, the influence from uh, Demon's Crest, too. Ah, there
1: but you that's, go. That's
0: like a gargoyle or whatever.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: I don't know, man. <laughs> Opening another can of green tea.
1: Yeah. Let's get going.
0: <laughs>
1: Got to get refueled. Yeah. I I did appreciate uh how the final boss uh gives <laughs> us a uh, the name check there.
0: Wait, wait, I played it in Japanese, so I didn't get oh. any of this stuff.
1: So what Oh. What are you, what are you that, talking about? Uh right before you uh you you fight the final boss, you Just, know, you get the into <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, he he has a little uh, dialogue with you where he's taunting you and telling you how he's going to marry Jessica and mm-hmm. no one will stop him. And he's, now let us begin our final fight. And exactly. then he starts to attack. So great. He knows he he knows where his bread is buttered. So it might be worth the extra $60
0: to get the U.S. version for that one.
1: Yeah, I I can't see why you haven't already. And I, I think for the true experience, you need to uh, really – uh, get the complete you know mint and box, preferably sealed if, uh, yeah. if you can. I'd say it's worth the the money.
0: Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think <laughs> I'll be doing that. Um, if anything, I'll be you know bringing down my collection. I'm trying to <laughs> slim it down again. But um, ah, nice. Let's uh, just a couple other things I want to mention before uh, we wrap up the discussion on the game. Uh, just in terms of over the top, you, you can. You get knives thrown at you. You can punch them. Of uh, course. You, you can, if, if projectiles are thrown at you, you can just punch them away uh, because <laughs> you've got fists of steel or whatever. And um, we, I don't know if we just talked about this off air, but it has that same retro game thing where there's a boss, boss mm. uh, rush at the end where you have to fight all the bosses that you already fought before again. Yeah. Um, which I guess you should just come to expect from a company that brought you Mega Man. One through yeah. a thousand.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The old, uh, the old boss rush is always a pain to have to deal with.
0: It's always fun. Um, but the, these bosses really, they're not that hard if you just back away from them when they do their rushes, uh, or their dashes. And then you start, like I said, go with, um, Go with guy and you can just destroy them. It takes a lot longer to do it because he's not as powerful, but um, he will get the job done. Nice. All right, I think that's uh, man. That was a, that was a rush. But anything um, anything else that you want to talk about with Mighty Final Fight? Because I know we're going to take uh, we're going to come back and we're actually going to talk a little bit more about just this style of game. Uh, but is there anything specific on this game that you wanted to bring up? No,
1: no. Let's let's dive into the uh, the other Chibi games.
0: All right, cool. Uh, Make sure you do check this game out. I think it is highly recommended. Um, And even if you, like I said, just get the, if you need to like save on funds, get a Famicom version and get one of those adapters. Uh, But hopefully it is going to be coming to the virtual console at some point. Capcom has been doing great on the 3DS virtual console. Like they're the only company actually putting stuff out besides Sega's awesome 3D Uh, Remake things. So, yeah, uh, hopefully that will be coming soon. And uh, we'll be right back talking uh, more about these types of games and some other cool stuff, including impressions on Gunvolt uh, Shovel Knight Mm. and uh, the refurbished experience through Nintendo. So stick around. We'll be right back with all that. Sent an email saying, we're not talking about Final fight Dudes. And then we ended up talking about it for 20 minutes today. Of course. Um, but you had a great idea to just talk about these, like, chibi-style games. And uh, there's actually, you know, a bunch of them. So, yeah, Phil, what do you got?
1: Well, you know, this was a, you know, relatively popular trend back in the the 90s was to do these sort of kind of cutesy parody games uh, of Existing franchises, and you know, given the the fact that they they are you know very heavily influenced by the uh, the anime, you you wouldn't necessarily think that we would get any of those over here. But surprisingly, we we did get a few of them, Um, although they weren't necessarily as blatantly tied to the original source material. Um, The the Example that pops into my head immediately is uh, Kid Dracula Mm -hmm. from Konami, which is a a cute version of Castlevania, basically. It's a a little action platformer game um, where you play as a little chibi version of Alucard running around uh, his dad's castle fighting monsters and things like that. Um, Japan got a version for the Famicom. And uh, the Game Boy. And uh, that, that came out in 93 as well, actually.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but we only got the Game Boy version. I guess Konami figured that it wasn't worth the effort to to release that particular title as a late NES game.
0: Well, it is. It's worth it? I mean, it's, you don't really need to know Japanese to, to play it. So you can right. just pick that one up, too.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And it's, it's a really fun
0: little game. Oh, great music. And it's, it's, I uh, got some cool charge attacks and things like that. Oh yeah. Um, I literally just played a little bit of it today. Um, it's mm-hmm. another one of those things that I picked up, but I had never really had a reason to sit down and play it for more than a couple minutes to make sure it worked. But, um, <laughs> I was really digging it. Like that is a, a really cool game.
1: Oh yeah, it is. It's, it's a ton of fun. And, uh, right around that same time, Konami, uh, started doing its uh, Parodius series, which is of course a uh, takeoff on the their Gradius games. Mm-hmm. And
0: have you ever played uh, Parodius? I have um, Proteus Da on the okay. Super Famicom. I played a little bit of that, but it is they're kind of like um, like they're like the Darius games too, right? They're just like nuts.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, just. Crazy games, and I, I actually am a big fan of the the Proteus series, which I mean started off as uh, uh, arcade game, and uh, you know there are versions on the SNES, and actually kept going into like the Saturn and and PS one era. I know there's a Proteus collection in Japan for the uh, PSP, nice, which is yeah really cool. But uh, yeah. You know, and again, that was just gameplay very, very similar to to the uh, to the Gradius games, but you had all sorts of crazy uh, ships to choose from. There's like a little chibi version of Vic Viper, but then you could play as like a, a penguin who starred in some of Konami's earlier games, or an octopus, or a little. Bunny-suited girls riding on missiles. Of course, <laughs> you know, uh, little stick figures riding on top of paper airplanes. Sounds Japanese. That, oh yeah. Oh, and uh, when the uh, the paper airplane fellows uh, get uh, when you get their shields, it's uh, just a condom uh, wrapped around them. So
0: you act like that wouldn't be the normal thing to do. Yeah. Well. <laughs>
1: If you're it's looking protection. to protect, if you're protecting your paper airplanes, yeah,
0: yeah, um, you, you
1: got to wrap it up. Um,
0: I mean, I, I figured that's what parents were doing these days when kids make yeah. paper airplanes. Like those points are sharp. You throw a condom with a little tip at the end, uh, and here it just makes it for less impact.
1: I'm I'm just imagining a uh, scare tactic news article. <laughs> <laughs> kids call it condom flying (laughs) a disturbing new trend among america's youth but uh just
0: call it the mile high club
1: oh see yeah
0: this
1: is this is why this is why you get paid the big bucks
0: that's negative negative the negative (laughs) money i make on this podcast is great yeah
1: exactly
0: um yeah what were uh Oh the! Um, I thought like the Game Boy seemed to get a lot of these, or, or, or even like the um, when we were talking about the Neo Geo Pocket Color a while back, like a lot of those games, just because mm-hmm. of the graphical limitations, it seemed like yeah. the chibi like super deformed style just made a lot more sense because you can make them really small, but you can get a lot of detail in those characters as well.
1: Yeah, which is is again is certainly something we saw with Mighty Final Fight mm-hmm. and. Yeah, trying to bring these uh more graphically intense games, you know, that's well yeah, like you said the Neo Geo pocket color, the, all the the fatal fury games for it and the
0: Yeah, metal uh
1: metal slugs. Metal, the
0: metal slug uh first and second uh ones. Yeah. Um the the Capcom versus whatever S N K versus oh. Capcom match of the Millennium or whatever it right. was called. Um yep. I'm like, they're all right behind me, but I, I can't really look at them. But they, uh, <laughs> I, I I really dug that style because it felt like you could spend, even though they were heavily detailed or highly detailed, you could spend a lot more of the power of the console on the backgrounds and things like that. Um, or at least you could... It just fit the platforms a lot better. And always, for me, they were a lot more approachable.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's... Um yeah what was uh oh the um splatterhouse yeah is another fine example um you know splatterhouse fantastic uh yeah. namco arcade game ported to the turbo graphics mm-hmm. uh pc engine uh, and then yeah it ended up getting a port to the famicom actually this was uh, in 89 so yeah just on the cusp of the 90s Where this sort of thing seemed to take off mm-hmm. But uh, yeah there you have And and Just like you were saying Getting these uh, detailed games On a less powerful System by Making it a little cutesy You had uh, You know the very uh, chibi style uh, Rick with his Hockey mask Beating up uh you know, wacky monsters and you know, disco dancing vampires and things like that. So For kids. For kids, yeah. For kids. You know. <laughs> and and
0: uh you gotta what get to you, you know, prepare them. It's the, the training wheels before you get them into the real Splatterhouse <laughs> games uh and other um, actually, it's, I mean Splatterhouse. You you look at like the the Turbo Graphics game, really not violent. Like it's green blood, and things yeah. are just like exploding against walls.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but you ease them into that with the you know the dancing vampires and stuff, and they'll yeah. Uh, you know, I'd rather kids learn about Splatterhouse in my home on my Famicom than yeah. out on the streets.
0: Yeah, you don't want them going over to the friend's house and playing that.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Without a they without a parent. You thing. Do. <laughs> God. Um this is this is a, okay. So with uh you know with all these you know this this whole concept um also it it has a clear sign of coming from Japan. Um as I talked about before, you you still saw this even when it wasn't really a need for the graphical like limitations of a console. You mm-hmm. see it on um Super Puzzle Fighter and even yep. uh, the Pocket Fighter games, even to a certain extent, like Virtual Fighter Kids. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, just have like it was just really appealing to the audience in Japan. And luckily, we still got some of these weird ass games in the United States.
1: Yeah, it, it was really strange. Um, there was, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with the VAS series of games. It's uh, done okay uh the uh the Valis games
0: were uh oh i'm sorry i've i three have, have oh, that's it okay okay
1: yeah uh telenet is the uh the developer of those uh, released over here by uh renovation uh primarily they were uh TurboGrafx games here but there was also uh some famicom and and genesis versions as well um, but we got, and it was so weird. Uh, we got a, uh, Valis game for the Genesis. Well, there was, uh, certainly Valis three came out over here. I think the original mm-hmm. Valus came out on Genesis as well. Uh, but then a game came out, uh, called Sid of Valis. If you remember that. And I don't blame you for not remembering.
0: <laughs> I, the only reason I have Valis 3 is because it was cheap for the PC engine when I was out in Japan. Okay. Yeah, it was a cheap now, game. And, you know, I actually uh, really
1: dug the Valis games back in the day. You know, they, they have some control issues and stuff, and they're honestly not great. But I, I do have uh, good memories of them. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, 92 saw the release of SID of Valis, S-Y-D of Valis, which confused the hell out of me back in the day because that title meant nothing. Uh, and the cover was uh, just a bunch of characters from the Valis series. And strangely enough, from uh, the Cosmic Fantasy series, uh, that the RPG, uh, just in that sort of chibi anime style, which in 1992 we weren't really familiar with here in the U S you know, anime hadn't really taken off at that point. So it was just here, these cute cartoony things. And, and, um, you know, in later years, I, I would learn that the Japanese title of the game is Valis SD, uh, which is a short for super deformed, which is, you know, the chibi style. And, for some reason they brought that game out here uh it's uh basically it's a remake of Valis 2 just with the the chibi graphics and because again no one in the US was really familiar with anime at that point uh you know to any sort of you know deep extent they, they figured that the SD title would make no sense, so they changed it to something else that made no sense. But it made a, an American sort of not sense.
0: The best kind. Yeah, I agree. I love the American stuff. Yeah. Um.
1: <laughs> but, you know, and, and it's, uh, you know, another example of a, a, you know, the Genesis did not need to have that little chibi version. You know, it certainly handled the... The real Valus games with no problem, but because that uh, style was so popular around that time, they uh, decided to go with that look anyway. So,
0: so sorry, I muted myself. We oh, had we had yeah. motorcycles going by. Oh, very nice, motorheads. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's just it's it's a cool little subgenre of, of video games and it's funny when those things pop up from the main franchises like spinoffs or one-offs and yeah and stuff like that so it's totally worth checking some of those out
1: oh yeah for sure
0: well let's talk about uh let's talk about some some new old games in the form of <laughs> gunvolt because you've been playing this too right yeah yeah it uh, comes out uh, this upcoming week right it comes out the twenty eighth this is gonna probably run after that but just to be safe uh, we can only talk up until uh, for the first six stages okay, okay. Um, so for in terms of that uh, for for gun vault this is uh, a game that's coming from uh, NT create uh, out of Japan and uh, the guys at eight four are helping bring this over to the United States with some PR stuff, PR help, and uh, they are translating the game as well for for the U.S. And it also comes with Muddy Gun Vault, uh, yeah. which is an NES-inspired, um, like almost Mega Man type. Uh, make of the game, and these guys, uh, this team, also was working uh, or is working on Mighty Number no. Nine. Uh, so there's a little bit of crossover there, which allows all this stuff to to happen. I haven't played a lot of that, but uh, so far with Gunvolt uh, for the first six stages, holy crap, this is an awesome game.
1: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm I'm not terribly far in it, um, just because this week I've been so distracted with Rogue Legacy, mm-hmm. which I'm just Going nuts over But uh, I've I played through The first uh, Two stages Of Gunvolt And yeah I am Really digging it I, I'm having Tons of fun with it I got it Oh my 3DS
0: going Like I I I I'm not a huge fan of the 3DS hardware, but uh, from playing Shovel Knight and then this, I'm happy that uh, (laughs) I'll just bring this up real quick. I I ended up getting, uh, I had a 2DS just because they were really, they were on sale. They were super cheap. I'm like, I should probably have this just in case I want to play a DS game or something like that. Uh, But Nintendo.com has refurbished 3DS XLs uh, for 135 bucks. Oh, really? Yeah. Like super, I mean, that's, pretty cheap. It is $65 less in retail. Um, and I got a a black one and it was in nothing short of perfect shape. Wow. Uh, so if you are thinking about getting, like I was trying to hold out until they did a, um, an update of the hardware, because I still think like the, the battery life is pretty crappy. Um, and the, uh, the hardware is a little bit fragile, but, I will say, like, I inspected this thing, and, like, the back panel of the, the 3DS XL that I had before, like, that thing was, like, flopping off. Like, it doesn't have screws in all the corners. Right. Uh, so it kind of peels off a little bit. It seems like they fixed that on this one. And mm. uh, judging from comparisons, like, I th- there's a thread about refurbished uh, 3DS uh, XLs on uh, NeoGAF as well, and it seems like they put in, like, brand-new screens. Like, the screens uh, look awesome. They're super bright, um so I don't know if that is just something that's part of the refurbished process they put in uh new stuff but damn like this this game is a blast to play on that thing and uh this is right up your alley because it has uh some inspiration from from Mega Man um and of course I think it's the Mega Man uh what is it the Mega Man Z series that's on the oh, was the, it, the GBA
1: Yeah the uh, zero Mega Man 0
0: yeah, I, I never played any of those games. I mm. wanted to ask you: Is it worth picking that? There's a DS collection out. Is that worth yeah. picking up? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah how much how much is that going for these days? Seventeen dollars.
1: Oh jeez,
0: yes, get it. Okay.
1: Yeah, those are those are fun games, and yeah, you're getting well, There's three of them in that collection, right?
0: Uh, it, there's four of them. Or it is it? With... That's right. That's right. There were four. All right, but yeah, people, that's. One of the things with this uh, game, a lot of the teams or a lot of the a lot of the team that are working on Gunvolt uh, also worked on the Mega Man Zero games. So yeah. There's some it, familiarity between the it, two. I guess
1: it definitely shows. Uh, just from it, it's the the graphical styles are pretty similar between uh, Gunvolt and the the Zero series.
0: So I don't know how much we we should we'll probably won't talk about this too too much, but um, it is for from. What I played so far, it is the best of what Japan has to offer when it comes to uh, these, you know, two D action platforming games, and uh, it just feels like it has a lot of the lessons learned from today um, mm-hmm. in terms of checkpoints, which are optional, just like in Shovel Knight. Um, and there's leveling up. There's lots of great mechanics in it, and uh, I will be reviewing it for the website, but. Uh, I am I will say from the first six stages, I'm very happy with how it is and I played it for like two hours straight, kept me up to like twelve thirty in the morning, which never happens. <laughs> I like games I fall asleep like at ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night and I just like, oh my god, it's midnight. Well I'm gonna play one more <laughs> stage. Nice. But uh yeah, I don't know if you had anything like we're we're still like kind of locked down on like embargo stuff and there's definitely some other stuff uh later in the game, but it has it's it's hitting on a lot of the right cylinders you know
1: yeah i mean i have only played a a bit of it so far but i'm really loving what i've played and uh pretty stoked to to get back into it
0: uh, i will say don't judge it by screenshots um because in motion it is uh it's really pretty yeah and um the best way I can describe it from playing all this the Saturn stuff that I've been playing, it feels like it's like a Saturn game. Like a nice two D Saturn yeah. game with lots of I, effects.
1: I, I saw you tweeted that and I was taken aback by how accurate that that actually sounds.
0: That's what you happens know? when you buy twenty two Saturn games <laughs> <laughs> in like a month. Nice. <laughs> you're playing nothing but two D two D games on that thing.
1: That's right. Check That's it out. Now. It it's,
0: is, uh, yeah, definitely. What's going to be fifteen bucks? It's fourteen ninety nine, and it comes okay. with Mighty Gun Vault, which, um, to be honest, I'm, I don't remember what we can talk about with that or not. But it is—it's yeah. like, not like a, a full game. It's like a—it's just like a, a side, you know, game. But it definitely has a couple stages to it, and it has a cool look, like a cool NES-inspired look. Oh yeah! And for fifteen dollars. Like, this is surprising. I I didn't play Shovel Knight until uh, last week. I reviewed that um, up, and it's up on the website. But that game surprised me how much I enjoyed it. Um, I'm usually not a big fan of these, like, retro-inspired games. Mm -hmm. um, But I got this feeling a couple weeks ago, like two weeks ago, I would love to start reviewing these games because I think it makes sense for the website and for the podcast to look at games that are coming out today that are inspired by mechanics and, you know, graphical, uh, you know, systems of games that are 20 years old, 15 years old. And, um, so that the gun vault will be one of those. And also I reviewed Shovel Knight and really enjoyed that. Also interviewed, um, David D'Angelo, uh, of Yacht Club games. And that's on the episode right before this. So hopefully you listened to that already, but, uh, just talking about the development process of Shovel Knight and the possibilities or where to come in the future. And, uh really what he enjoyed growing up because he had a, a, you know a huge um like he did a lot of like the boss mechanics and the enemy mm. mechanics and stuff like that and their patterns uh so to kind of hear his influences of the games that he really loves from the 80s and 90s and to see how those influence or even taught him what not to do in a boss battle uh was fairly interesting so uh check that out as well very cool um, but yeah, you you like shovel Knight, right?
1: Oh, I love it. Yeah, you, I have not finished it yet. But do you hit the I, same
0: spot that I got <laughs> kind of frustrated with, which I'm guessing is the the boss rush? Yeah, yeah. You got you got, <laughs> Go you got to put it in every game. No um, figure. All right, cool. Uh, and also, uh, David also worked. We, we had gotten a huge side discussion on because he worked at um, and a lot of guys that are y- at yacht club. I guess worked at. Um, uh, the 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 company that uh, made uh, Mighty Switch Force and hmm. um, Double Way Dragon forward? Way Forward yeah thank you yeah uh, and Double Dragon Neon so he worked on those games or he worked on Double Dragon Neon to to talk about what it was like to grab a franchise that you loved growing up and to put your own spin on it and uh, the magic of Jake Kaufman's uh, music in in both that and Shovel Knight uh, was really cool but now I just feel like I'm ran, rambling but but what, what my point is Uh, Make sure you're checking out backofmyplay.com for the reviews. I've posted three up there so far, including Phantom Breaker Battlegrounds, which is on the PlayStation Vita. It came out on the Xbox 360 a couple years ago. Um, And it is a, like, Guardian Heroes mixed with kind of like Mighty Final Fight. Like, it has... Mm. It's chibi characters. And uh, you have cool combos. You have magic attacks. And uh, there's two like planes of attack like uh think of was it fatal fury i guess that was the neo geo game where you could jump from like the top to the bottom
1: oh yeah yeah the the two different uh planes there yeah
0: Uh, yeah so it has that mechanic going for it and it is uh a blast like there's Mm. cool characters i highly recommend it's twelve dollars on the playstation vita and uh it might even be cheaper on the Xbox 360, which it came out uh, on a couple of years ago. But if you're thirsty or hungry or both for a beat-em-up on your Vita, it is a beautiful-looking game. Uh, and you get to fight through Japan, and you'll go through Akihabara. And uh, it's just a fun uh, game to check out. So you can see the review. And for all the reviews, I'm always posting video gameplay. So you can actually see what I'm talking about. Um, so it won't just be text there's also some video which i think is important for context
1: yeah um i I was actually pretty curious about that uh game just because it looked like something i would be into but uh wasn't quite sure about it so nice to hear that it's good
0: it is it is really good and uh you'll it's maybe it's a couple hours long but you have multiple characters and they encourage multiple playthroughs for if you care about trophies but also for um as you you play through you can level up that character and you can also play online and when you're playing online that xp that experience also carries back into the single player so you're always leveling up no matter what um so check that out i know that ign reviewed it earlier this week uh colin uh, Moriarty, and he gave it a five, which I don't think is, is fair at all. I, I just mm. don't think it clicked with him the uh, the way it did with me. But the soundtrack was like it had that awesome, fun feeling soundtrack. Um, it was it was a blast. At least go check out the review and, and you see what I'm talking about because they also do that thing uh, like Gun Vault, where they just take like the best game mechanics <laughs> of the past and then they just add. To it a little bit more To have it make sense for current day Where um, you have I uh, believe it's infinite lives In that game so don't worry about dying Um, You just keep playing Cool Um, So that is uh, that And I think the last thing I wanted to Mention is uh, Technically the 50th episode Of the show is coming up next episode Mm. Um, The 50th piece of audio Okay, that's come out, whether it be the the guide end episodes or uh, these regular numbered episodes. And I'm going to try to do something special for that. And also, um, since people are really digging the interviews, and for me personally to keep it fresh, uh, I'm going to try to make sure I get some fresh voices on the show, and uh, you know, some some interesting topics going, and not just focusing on games uh, because I don't want it to get. Uh, The feeling of burnout, and like you probably heard from today, we had a ton of fun playing Mighty Final Fight. Oh, yeah. Um, So we're only going to be doing stuff that is fun. (laughs) What a novel idea. Yeah, and and it makes it so you're not angry about stuff. Which, you know what? There seems to be a lot
1: of anger about video games these days. Totally. So why not have a little fun with them?
0: Video games are fun, and when you can play video <laughs> games that are old, you can just pick the good ones, which is what I'm doing. <laughs> like we're not going to do whatever. I'm, we're not going to do Mighty Final or Final Fight Two. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that one. Um, <laughs> but actually, you know, another thing that I got in the just for a second that like a big box of Famicom and Japanese games that I got a couple of weeks ago uh, was Mega Man Five, and I never played that. And that game's really fun.
1: Yeah, you know, game's uh, not bad. Yeah, people tend to to kind of crap on the like Mega Man 4, 5 and 6 just because they were the later entries and at that point it really was a an annual uh release series. Mm-hmm. But um they're still fun games, you know? It's not yeah. like it's it's not like Capcom suddenly became bad at making a Mega Man game. Exactly. With with part 6 or with part 5. You know, the the Worst of the NES Mega Man games is still better than like 90% of the NES library.
0: Yeah, and they fix a lot of the things that are wrong and are broken in four with the the sound issues, like with the charge shot. Oh, um, yeah. When it oh, yeah. makes um, channels of the music drop out, they make it so when you're charging up, you just hear the charge for a couple seconds, and then you don't hear it, so the music stays in full. Ex- exactly. Uh, so they... Must have read that Nintendo Power Review and got that <laughs> feedback, I guess, or whatever they were, they were reading at the time. Yeah. Um, Phil, what do, you, what do you got going on? Because I know you're not just on Player One. Mm-hmm. You're, you're talking about – what, what, what's, what's the correct – what's the PC term today? Is it um, – not? I wouldn't want to call it like action figures. Yeah. But would you yeah. call it action figures? Action figures. You
1: know what? Just toys. Oh, toys, Just, just toys, just okay. action figures, toys. Uh, you know, it's it's child's playthings. we're not we're not ashamed okay. of uh, <laughs> of what we're we're not one of those uh, type of shows that insist you call them graphic novels when we're talking about <laughs> comic books. now we we have a I, I do a, a toy podcast with uh, one of my fellow former Nintendo power writers, uh, Justin Chang. And it is called Points of Articulation.
0: What have you guys been up to? What have you been talking about lately? Well, you know, the the big
1: couple of topics on our show, just because this is what Justin and I are into when it comes to toys, is uh, there's a lot of talk about Transformers, mm-hmm. because we're both Transformers nerds, and a lot of talk about Lego, because Lego is friggin' the best toy ever made.
0: Have, so, you, have you checked out any of those? I know they've been doing... I guess it would be uh like franchise based sets like I, I I have the Back to the Future one. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But I've, I, I saw they just put out a uh, or they're coming out with a Ghostbusters one. Did you check yeah. that one out? Yeah, the Ghostbusters
1: one is out uh and it's fantastic. Oh, it's I'm going to have to
0: buy that. Yeah,
1: it's Damn. I think it's 50 bucks. Oh, awesome bad? No, and it's way worth it. I mean, the the vehicle The Ecto-1 looks fantastic. It's actually a really fun build. Mm -hmm. Like, you you know, seeing how the car comes together as you're building it is it's interesting and fun. And then you get the four Ghostbusters as well, and they have their packs Mm -hmm. and everything.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's only $50, and even the DeLorean one is only $28 now.
1: Yeah. Wow. And actually, the um, the Ecto-1 was – Designed, but I mean, not the final design, but it was uh, the original concept for it was uh, done by a fellow on uh, Neogaf. Actually, no way. Yeah, because um, Lego has this uh, line now. They used to call it Kusu, hmm. and now they have changed it to Lego Ideas because that name makes sense. And it's basically uh, fans can submit their own designs to their website to, to uh, Lego ideas website. Mm -hmm. And then other people get to vote on which ones they like. And if your, uh, set that you've created reaches, uh, 10,000 votes, then Lego will officially look at it and determine if it's something that they could or would want to make. And then, uh, they have their professional, uh, builders, you know, do tweaks and redesigns when necessary, but, uh, but yeah, then they release the set and it, you know, the original, uh, idea guy gets, uh, mentioned in the, in the instruction booklet, you know, they run their picture and a little bit about them and stuff like that. And yeah, the guy who did the Ghostbusters set is a, uh, is a, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's post quite a bit in the Lego thread on the NeoGAF, so
0: it's All kind right. of awesome. You you've made me spend almost seventy dollars <laughs> <laughs> in about ten minutes. One click, damn you! Nice. Uh, it just goes to our credit card, which means nothing. It's just numbers yeah. on a computer. I don't care. Yeah,
1: it, it's it's no money out of your
0: pocket. <laughs> no, it just says you got to pay this money off by the time you're dead. Yeah, Not dead yet? No, and no. Hopefully, at some point, I'll have kids and then they can pay it off. <laughs> I can deal with it. All right. Um, Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. But just a a reminder to check out um, all that awesome stuff. And of course, uh, Player One Podcast, too, uh, a place where you talk about video games. Yeah. um, Usually new ones. Yeah, typically. Um, And and Polygon sometimes comes up uh, (laughs) for other topics. That's for Mike's entertainment. Yeah. Uh, I keep meeting Mike. Mike is going to be coming on to talk about Super Castlevania 4. Oh, he, he loves that game. He, I, I know. Like, I swear he brings it up, like, every couple episodes <laughs> on Player One, so... <laughs> Um, that, that is earmarked for him. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, check out back in my Uh, like I said, I posted three reviews in the last, uh, week and a half or so, which is, it's fun. It's fun to start writing again after not doing reviews for six years. Um, we'll see how long that goes. Um, <laughs> but you can check that stuff out on there. And uh, of course you can check out, um, all these podcasts on iTunes. And while you're there, might as well submit reviews for them. While you're subscribing, just to let us know what you think, and hopefully it's positive, and that way we can stay uh, closer to the top of the ratings, and it allows us to, uh, at least for this podcast, it allows me to say, hey, you know, I'd love for you to be on the show, and look at, I can point to this thing where it shows that our podcast is popular, so it's worth your time and energy. Yeah. Um, So that is... Great. And I don't know what the next episode is going to be, but it's probably uh, going to be something a little bit different since it is technically the 50th recording uh, for the uh, back in my place. So that is it, Phil. Thank you so much for, for coming on and talking about this awesome game. Well, thank you for having me. And Mega Man oh. X is next. Yes. I have it. Awesome. I bought a copy. Good lad. The, the first one? The first one. Nice. And uh, it's that a great will, game that will be the next one we have. Uh, but I thought we should just space out the the Mega Man's.
1: Oh, that's a good idea.
0: A little bit. We already did the Gun Vaults today, which is kind of like yeah. uh, Mega <laughs> Man. But um, yeah, all that stuff uh, will be coming up. And I think that's it. We got to go watch Doctor Who. Yeah, we do. We got, or you're on the West Coast. You got to wait a little bit. But I'm going to go watch yeah. the Doctor Who in a little bit.
1: Yeah, I got to see my Peter Capaldi Doctor. Very yes. excited.
0: Time traveling.
1: Yay. Uh we'll see you next time. <laughs> see ya. <laughs>